0: Hello and welcome to Cruise Club. We've got the need, the need to podcast. This is episode 40, The Mummy from 2017. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And with us tonight, Mike, we have a first-time guest to the TomTom Club, but not a first-time guest on the network. She is a fan favorite. You probably know her from her run on the Hudson Five, which is a thing that is sweeping the nation. (laughs) Over on High School Slumber Party, you might also know her from her other High School Slumber Party miniseries, Twilight Forever. She's just, you know, incepting her way into Brian's podcast. We have with us tonight the one, the only, the real Kate Hudson. Hello, Kate.
1: Hey, guys. How are you?
0: So good. Thank you for joining us tonight on this very fine podcast, of course, to talk about Tom Cruise's best movie, <laughs> The Mummy.
1: It's a movie, So space. here's, okay, so
0: before we get into The Mummy, um, I would like a quick background from you, your thoughts on Tom Cruise, if you have a favorite movie of his, and why you signed up for The Mummy.
1: Uh, you know what? So I was talking about this because uh, Pajabo was doing a group rewatch of Top Gun last week, which okay. is probably his best. I love Tom Cruise. I really do. And I know he's like, quote unquote, problematic because he's just like a robot in a skin suit, but damn it if he's not a good movie star yeah i just right like he just plays tom cruise in every movie and for the most part it works didn't work for this one i just find something like you can set your clock to a tom cruise movie that he's gonna like overdo the charisma and just you know be swashbuckling so i don't know man i love tom cruise i always have so that doesn't explain why you signed up for this movie then because this is like a tom cruise movie on steroids and it's one of like the few miss depths of a Tom Cruise movie, and I was okay. really intrigued to like go into this one with you guys because oh, it's bad. And it's like... not
0: good, and we will get into that. Uh, I was reading <laughs> David Ehrlich's review on Letterboxd and IndieWire, and uh, it's it's savage. It's really it's really
2: brutal. I don't think this is terrible. I don't think it's good. Oh, it's objectively bad. Like, uh, there, yeah, <laughs> there's like clear filmmaking issues, <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> and, and <true>. we'll <laughs> talk about all of that. And I guess we'll get. I'll get into this after this. This is the way we can kick off the conversation. But let me first, quick, if people don't know the mummy, here's what the mummy is about. So Russell Crowe, as Dr. Jekyll, does a whole bunch of plot dump about an Egyptian princess named Amamet, played by Sophia Boutella, who was set to rule Egypt until the pharaoh had a son. She makes a pact with a demon for revenge, but is caught mummified and buried a thousand miles away. Meanwhile, Tom Cruise playing Nick Morton and Jake Johnson, a.k.a. Nick from New Girl, which confuses the hell out of me when Nick is shouting, Nick, I don't understand, are treasure-hunting <laughs> soldiers in Iraq. They uncover an Egyptian tomb where Amamet is buried. They're met by Jenny Halsey, played by Annabelle Wallace, who's a former fling of Cruz's. I think that's not really established. They enter the tomb and raise Amamet. She forces Cruz to fall in love with her through time. On the plane ride home, Amamet inhabits Jake Johnson's body and things break bad. Cruz shoots him, but the plane crashes jenny parachutes to safety we find out that cruz survived the crash because of Ammit, who is visited by jake johnson's ghost who tells him that he's cursed Ammit starts eating people this is all the work of set we find out who's the egyptian god of death Ammit finds cruz but he and jenny escape in an ambulance they get captured by dr jekyll who finally they come face to face with who's got a creepy spooky lab and is basically the nick fury of this group jekyll wants to study the mummy by dissection which would leave cruz cursed Tom, curse. He wants to stab Cruz with the dagger, let Set enter his body, and then kill Set. Jekyll then goes full hide, but Cruz de-hides him with serum that he conveniently showed him just seconds before. Amamet <laughs> recovers the dagger and begins wreaking havoc on London. She summons an army of mummy zombies. Amamet then recovers the ruby for the dagger, then recaptures and kills Halsey. Amamet grabs Cruz and licks his face as he steals the dagger back from her, cracks the ruby, and stabs himself. Cruz then sucks the life from Amament, uses the power of the gods to resurrect Jenny by going full demon face on her, then heads off to the desert to revive Jake Johnson and start a new adventure as Jekyll orates a Batman-esque origin story for Tom Cruise. That is way too detailed well a plot summary for
2: this movie. But that's- well, there's too much going on. That's why. <laughs> I mean, there's more going on here than, like, the last two Mission Impossible movies. I know. That's okay. (laughs) here's the big thing that we've teased about that every time we talk about this movie,
0: you bring up that this movie was supposed to be the start of the Dark Universe. Dark
2: Universe. Which you
0: are obsessed
2: with. I I wouldn't go as far to say obsessed. I mean, I grew up loving the Universal Monsters and – It's funny, when they announced that, I think I was like everyone else at the general consensus, like, this is kind of like a big joke, but over time, I'm pissed we didn't get it. Like, I'm kind of watching this movie going like, man, we could be like six films deep. Like, we'd be in Dracula 2 right now. It could have been amazing. I don't know, man. Like, it it just seems like they had such good intentions, but they tripped right out of the gate, never got back on their feet again. So I would have loved to have had a dark universe, all these modern monsters and stuff, but this is probably one of the greatest missteps, like, in film history, like, coming right out of the box, right? Like, imagine if Iron Man just, like, stumbled and, like, fell out of the cave and, like, broke his legs and just never got back up again. And, like, they just never moved on from there. But it's not a great movie, but I've just, you know, just to show my hand, like, I had a hell of a lot of fun watching it this time. I, I can't fully explain why. I think it's the schlock factor. Well, I think that makes one of us, but we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> I think it makes the only one of us, but yeah. we'll see.
1: <laughs> I didn't mind it. It's not bad. I Well,
2: no, it's bad. It's just, it can yeah. be fun. Like, there's, yes. en-
0: there's enjoyment to be had. <laughs> my big question, I honestly don't know this answer, is whether or not, because I saw this in theaters. I went to see this in theaters. Oh. I saw so, Yeah, me too. The oh. yeah. mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> most exciting thing to happen, and I told this story briefly on a past episode, was that a woman in front of me in the theater was filming the movie. And so she got kicked out by a cop, and it was the most exciting thing to happen in the movie because this movie is not otherwise super exciting. My real question here is having seen it back then when we knew it was going to be the Dark Universe, because they even have the title card, right? Dark Universe. Yeah, Just like, no, look were, at this.
2: Yeah, they were locked and loaded, ready to go. They put out that promo picture the same weekend with all the actors not in the same room that were going to play everybody, like <laughs> the Invisible Man and Frankenstein's Monster and all that stuff.
0: I'm wondering if, this, if I like this movie more or less now that it's a standalone movie rather than as part mm. of a franchise. It's so very clearly trying to set up Future Cruise movies trying to set up Dr. Jekyll movies, opening doors into other avenues, and all of that really feels wasted. As opposed to having a movie that does really well, that critics love, that people love, that you then build a franchise, a series, whatever, a world around. This is like, no, no, no. This is Iron Man with our entire Avengers thing laid out. It's insane, and it did not work, but it's (laughs) ballsy. But I do really wonder if I like this more, I think I like it more maybe as a standalone than as a, like, a... But maybe not. I don't know. And I wonder what you two think. I mean, Kate, had you seen this one before? Is this the first time you saw this or did you see this before?
1: I'd seen it before. I think I turned it off.
0: Okay. <laughs> Just... When you watched it the first time, did you? was that before or after the
2: cancellation of the Dark Universe?
1: Oh, it was definitely. I did not see this in the theaters, you guys. Okay. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's what also was weird, Joey. Is like the Dark Universe was canceled by the time this came to Blu-ray, right? Like it was, they it was literally canceled
1: within the first twenty minutes of it being pretty released much in like, they did not go
2: forward with producing like anything. It's so bizarre how it just okay, like but severed. To,
1: to be fair, we can blame this on the Mummy, but that's also about the time Johnny Depp's huge scandal with like the fact he's like just a horrible human being came out. Like they probably just blamed it on the Mummy, but there was a lot of other things at play. And then there's also the fact that, like, this is a much different movie since Tom Cruise came on. And everybody, you know, when it came out, and even now, they're like, yeah, he ruined the movie. Yeah, he's like,
0: everything you read about the behind the scenes is that he was too controlling on this movie, which doesn't feel like something that we've seen a lot. It feels like this is new to this, but maybe he had these grand ambitions. And I don't remember, Mike, we we talked about this. I think on the Jack Reacher 2 episode, where it was like, you know, he never did sequels. And then all of a sudden, he's doing a bunch of sequels or a bunch of things that try to become franchises, right? And I wonder if he
2: was like, I need this to become a thing. We're going to do it my way. It didn't work. It it also feels like, you know, he's never really done – not that this is a horror movie, but he's never really dipped his toe into that genre. And I feel like this is sort of coming off the the tail end of World War Z where people are like, Brad Pitt, like, fighting zombies? Like, wait a second. What's going on here? Why would, like, an A-list – actor do that, and I think Tom Cruise may, might have gotten like an idea in his head like, hey, like I could sort of take over a, a monster franchise or something like that and and play in that sandbox and stuff, but one of the main issues here is like you got Russell crow too, you know, and I kind of like want that movie first, you right like him going around sort of like forming this whatever it is that he calls it. I don't even know. He's, he's like talking in Latin most of the time, but like <laughs> this almost feels like they released Batman versus Superman before man of steel, or it just feels more like the way DC just, you know, tried to come oh, out with hundred percent, something more along that line. Like, Hey, our universe is fully formed already. It's just like, you just don't know it yet. It's like, no, you have to like build the pieces along with the audience. I think one of the biggest problems with this
0: movie is that I don't want to say it's too serious, I think it's boring. Like I don't think it's fun and I think this needs to be fun. And I think there are moments of fun here. There are scenes of fun here really stretched apart by just like long stretches where Russell Crowe speaking in Latin or just like entirely <laughs> long stretches where just it's boring. The action set pieces Maybe not the best in Tom Cruise's career. They're probably not. But, like, the, they're yeah. exhilarating. The plane's cool. The plane's,
2: you know... The I plane is
0: awesome. For sure, yeah. You know, the ambulance chase is cool. Like, them winding back up where she was, like, that's fun. But, like, it's disappointing that they, it it feels like there's a handful of scenes and then, like, well, how do we connect these?
1: Well, I think that's probably the fall of Tom Cruise, right? Like, they it's probably two different movies. And they just tried to, like, connect them after the fact without having a cohesive plan because you had Tom Cruise chomping at the bit for that sweet franchise money.
2: Yeah. Uh, Can you picture this movie just like without him, just with him removed? So it's like Jake, the Jake Johnston. What if it's him, right? And the main star here is Sofia Boutella. Like she would be sort of the breakout star as the mummy. And then Russell Crowe would be like your sort of your linchpin main star, right? And so it could almost feel like Cruise wedged himself into this production and it kind of like displaced around him in lots of weird ways you know just
1: a hundred percent how did it make sense to have a bunch of crusading knights become her zombies when they were the ones who were raiding her entire culture
0: i think that cruise i don't know if the cruise is miscast here but i think sort of i what you just said mike i think that there's too much of him like they're setting him up for a future sort of standalone movie right like where he's something right where he's haunted by the ghost or he's what possessed. Is he?
2: is he the mummy at the end like that is the other thing like we've had a mummy franchise with brendan Fraser, which was mostly successful right like that first one still holds up for fun the rocks in the end of the second one hey you know and so it was just weird that they're like we're coming out with the mummy again again you know like shouldn't they have kick-started this with dracula in in modern day or frankenstein like there's just seems to be a bigger profile creature to begin this whole universe with so it almost feels like the mummy was was uh, like, we're going to do like a really safe bet and and kind of have like this soft release and go with like, a, not a bad monster, but this just feels very road. Like we've seen the face in the sand a thousand times at this point, and that is just not doing it for me anymore. You know, I needed something more than what they're giving me in general, which is why I really did perk up when russell crowe shows up and he starts doing like crazy bob hoskins it's like insane the upside
0: to all this is the failure of this led to lee Wanell's l's the invisible man which is my favorite movie of the year like that you know if we would have had who was it johnny depp as the invisible man was he Ugh. that's who he was supposed to yeah. play like yeah i don't know like i don't know if he's the mummy because the mummy is dead like they kill the mummy in this movie i think that he was gonna be like she was supposed to bring of life set, like the demon, the Egyptian god of death, right? I think that's essentially Cruz, yeah. but yeah. He's, he's able to keep it in check because he cracked the ruby, so he's not fully possessed, he's just kind of possessed.
1: No, because he found his humanity. That was the whole interstitial, like, you're a good guy at the end. Okay. When oh, they did I this thought this it was because he stabbed himself. No, that was- So that's that's good that we have
0: three different people with three different wildly
2: different explanations.
1: He pulled a Frodo, right?
2: Yeah, no, at the end he gets those images from like the girl saying, you're a good person inside. And Dr. Jekyll going, you never know, like the value of a man. And like all this stuff. And he's like, oh yeah, that's me.
1: I will tell you guys this. It was, it's a good movie for 1998 if you're not paying attention.
2: That's an interesting thing to say, Kate, because I feel like a couple movies recently felt like that. Like when Venom came out, I was like, this is great for 1998 or like 1999 (laughs) and that's why I love that movie because like I just feel like it's been on the shelf for 10 years and that kind of feels like what this feels like you know It just the effects the writing just like you know, the loose, the fast and loose plot and, the, and too much exposition, just cramming it all in there.
0: Now, Kate, if you had to pick, is there something about this that you love? Do you have a favorite part of The Mummy? Is there something about here that you, in spite of the fact that it's not good, is there something here that you're like, that's actually really cool?
1: I mean, you know, I like trash, so. True. For, <laughs> like, so i would hone in on the trash moment. Obviously, it's when he just randomly becomes uh, Mr. Hyde. And it's like you said, pulling the Bob Hoskins. You're like, what the fuck is i would have watched that entire movie if it was just tom cruise and russell crowe just going at it like done
2: yeah he's my favorite part too joey i'll just cut to really the chase. okay wow yeah. yeah i don't know why i kind of i remember watching the movie in theater i must have like missed him in the opening because when he showed up i forgot he was going to be in the movie and then it all sort of started <laughs> flooding back and like what was going to happen my only regret is that jekyll and hyde isn't fighting the mummy I'm like, what yep. the hell is this? So like, Tom Cruise doesn't have powers yet. Like, who wants to see Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde beat up a normal human? Like, I thought he was going to steer them sort of, like, at the mummy, and they were going to brawl for a while, and he would just sort of revert out of exhaustion like the Hulk or something like that. But other other than, than him fighting the wrong person, I love how <laughs> just, like who stops the movie in the middle of this to do that like it's just (laughs) insane it becomes like easter egg the movie where he like you see the vampire skull you see the fish man hand you see like (laughs) the book of the golden mummy from the first it's like what the fuck you know this feels like an extension of hey we're gonna we're gonna declare the dark universe open back to meet dr jekyll right like there's
0: a two armed guards who are like pushing him through and then he stops to look at that arm and the guy like in front of him turns around like Pretty cool, right? Like, he doesn't say that. He's just like, <laughs> can, you, can you believe what's here? Like, it's cra- crazy shit, right? Like, just wait. And then they go and meet Dr. Jekyll. Like, I love what it was trying to be, but I think he's one of my least favorite parts, because it just feels so wasted. Like, we have, Mm -hmm. what, like, four minutes of him as Doctor... Like, not even as Doctor Hyde, like, probably two minutes of him as Doctor Hyde, like, or Mr. Hyde. It feels like there's... I want more, and because we don't have more, and we will never have more, I I kind (laughs) of hate it, if that makes sense.
2: Oh, absolutely makes sense. Like, you know, it's... I like it because of how poorly done it is, partially. You know, that's part of it, is like... (laughs) this isn't how you do this ever at all. Like, could you imagine halfway through the movie if like Nick Fury hulked out for no reason? Like, (laughs) this just isn't the character to be running the show, right? If he's going to be turning into a monster half the time and he's in his own lab and he's freaking out, like, what is he doing out in the field? Look, you know, as an archeologist, like at crypts and tombs and stuff like this guy should never leave the house. So I just feel like they should have gotten like, I don't know, Van Helsing, someone who is like actually hunts monsters in the lore of the universal monster films and everything like that. Like the egregious size of this misstep is probably like why I love it so much.
1: Can we talk about something that did not make sense in this movie at Go all? Sort of to piggyback on that. What? How did Tom Cruise go down with the plane when she had a parachute and he was right there? Oh, why I, did they pull a the Point Break? I don't know.
0: I don't know. Like he easily could have jumped on and like held her and then pulled the thing right? and they could have both been fine.
1: I had just re-watched Point Break like three days ago and I really thought it was like going to go that way, but it did not.
2: Tom Cruise couldn't wait until the end of the movie to die and come back to life. Like it had to happen in the middle of the movie.
0: <laughs> Although I'm not sure if he died. I think I mean we're gonna we're gonna count it for sure. But like just I think he just survive? I don't know.
1: No, he died. He was in the morgue. He did not have vitals. She brought him back after. It's the god of death, so the god of death doesn't have any control over life.
0: Mm, Right? Okay. To that point, my favorite part about this movie is how beat to shit tom cruise gets this entire time we talk a lot on the fast and furious on on too fast too forever about the fast and furious movies about how like dwayne johnson and vin diesel and jason stadium all have like their hit counters right and like they have to each get hit like one can't get hit 41 times the other 40 times because that's not equitable they both have 41 and like i love those movies but that annoys the hell out of me here Tom Cruise gets his ass beat the entire goddamn movie. He dies in a plane crash. There's like this heroic thing where like the mummy is standing there, and like there's like the music swells, and Cruise is like, "All right, here we go," and then she just fucking beats the shit out of him,
3: and it's (laughs) so so
0: funny when the bus, you know, when they're they're on the street in London, you know, she's raising hell, and there's like a bus coming at them, and he throws Jenny out of the way, and instead of diving, he like dives into to the bus tumbles through the bus like instead of ducking out of the way like heroically he like gets like all cut up with glass and stuff i'm like i love that tom cruise always is going to win like he's not going to not win in these movies but like He's going to look ugly doing it for a while. Like, he just is going to let himself be the butt of like so many things gone wrong. And that's just, I think it's genuinely so cool to the fact where like he's like, yeah, I'm going to, your life is more important than mine. I'm going to let you live and I'm going to die. And he still comes back to life. Like, everything is just, things are going to work out for him, but like, he's not, it's not a pretty road to get there.
1: But that isn't that, that ties into his whole thing. Like, I do my own stunts. Like it's it's the same sort of like weird screwed up Dwayne Johnson Vin Diesel where like I always have to be the hero, but it tells you a lot about who he is that he thinks the hero has to get the shit kicked out of him in order <laughs> to be the hero.
2: <laughs> I mean, it makes it it makes it look great. It makes it look great. I think it helps uh, a lot to be honest. Like we, I think this is something Joey we've been tracking now for. Uh, a few of his recent films starting with one of the last Mission Impossibles I think where it's like part of the gag is he's not tough enough like he thinks he's strong but like he keeps coming up against these henchmen that can like kick the shit out of him or like throw him off a building or something it's mostly like luck and wit that gets him out of a lot of those types of situations like as a fighter as an actor I feel like that's one of his like more redeeming qualities is like showing himself getting the shit kicked out of him on screen like it it gains sort of like points and being like oh like I don't want to see him beat up and like you know there's like empathy points and stuff but like I love it more I like that direction way more than like the, the rocks than like I yeah. love those guys too don't get yeah. me wrong but I just like this image more I love the image of like the hero gets beasted shit as opposed to the hero like can't take a punch or something like yeah.
1: that. yeah yeah and I also think it's because Cruz is like 10 years older than these guys so I think that's a point of pride for him and these characters, like, ah, oh, yeah, they take a punch and they get up and keep going.
2: Yeah, and definitely the whole thing, kid, of him doing his own stunts and showing the kind of like the aftermath and the abuse of that and being like, not just to sell that it's real, but to sell that like his character is real real or two or something like that you know like his character can't take it
1: and that he can still do it i think is also the point right. cuz he's closer to 60 than 50 now
2: yeah and they were filming in a in one of those what do they call it, a vomit rocket or whatever like the the, the vomit the, the comet air, vomit comet that's it the, yeah. like it's a 0g Sequence and stuff, and so like, and then you know they had to go up and down and all that. So like, so they did. They did sixty four takes of that Mm. over the
0: course of two days. And apparently, according to IMDb trivia, this is like the number one trivia. Everyone got sick to their stomach because, of course, you would. Except for of course tom cruise and annabelle wallace who plays halsey like they both were proud of the fact that they you know they loved the stunt and they just didn't get sick but apparently everyone else i mean tumbling because like it's just falling and they're like ceiling wall floor wall ceiling wall floor just keeps like rumbling around and it's it's insane
1: i'd puke for sure i'd puke.
2: were you guys at the movies when they ran the trailer for this without the finished sound mix and it's the shot it's like that sequence of the plane without any music and it's all temporary sound effects and it's just like it's the banging around noises and the yelling so it's just like tom cruise going like (laughs) and it was released in theaters like as the trailer no accidentally accidentally accidentally
3: No.
0: They may be the, uh, the Cats Patch, right? Just you know, take right. out the take out the buttholes and stuff. <laughs> I do want to point out that this one of the screenwriters on this is
2: or maybe the only screenwriter on this is Christopher Macquarie. Oh, I think he's like one of like three or twelve. Like this, I think there's a couple here going
0: on. Because like this is a... Oh yeah, no, okay, There's there's three people who did the screen story by, and then there's three different people who did the screenplay by. I was just, yeah, yeah okay.
2: Because this director is like, I know about this guy. Like he's a one half of a notorious writing team from like the 2000s, who did everything from like you know the Star Trek movies to who knows what, but like the Kurtzman and Orky or Orsi, like they've had their fingers on like blockbusters for years and years and years. And I think this was his first full-length directing. It gigs. is, yeah. <laughs> and so I think that might have been part of the issue is sort of like transitioning from writer-producer to director, full-fledged, and just being pushed around by Tom Cruise probably the entire day. Oh yeah.
1: McCrory was definitely brought on as Tom Cruise's guide to shoehorn Tom Cruise in, for sure.
2: And I, it didn't, it didn't work. Here's where you throw him in. You make him the mummy, like from the jump, like he's the right? mummy, and then you make the girl chasing after him, or something, or the girl has to kill him. The girl who's playing the mummy now, like the one that they got, like you make her the, the main human, <laughs> as it were. Yeah. <laughs> and you make Tom Cruise the yeah. You just flat out have him start off as the villain, and that'd be great because he's never really done that.
0: It would be cool to have him actually die right or like you could even do like the movie cliche thing where he's like not quite dead or you could always bring him back because he's a mummy
2: right yeah you prune him up as like at the end of this one like they did with the girl mummy you just make him like into a fetal position of like skeletons and seal him away for the next movie
1: it certainly would have solved for all the weird uncomfortable racial stuff in the movie huh oh
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> like, and all of the like gratuitous nudity too.
1: The one thing that made me uncomfortable was it's all the white people against the Egyptian villain. It was like, oh yikes. This is this is not a great look. And
2: having it taking place in England didn't really help that nope. either like that whole right? dynamic
0: <laughs> let's see that zero g scene i just want to go back to that is really cool like i think that's you know mike you had been sort of uh teasing that for a while well, not teasing it for a while but you had been mentioning a, little, a while that you know the zero g and just because we were talking about crews shooting a movie in outer space in the international oh, yeah. space station right like it's he's he already <laughs> did the the vomit comet thing so
2: i think this discussion started with apollo 13 when Uh, Ron Howard had the crew going up and down and filming. They filmed a lot of that in Zero G2 in the same sort of way and stuff. So I think that might have sparked this memory, started bringing this up a lot.
1: You know, the problem for me with that scene, though, is that there's so much bad CGI that I didn't even realize that that wasn't bad CGI. I thought it was just bad CGI again.
2: I'm thinking, Joe, I'm going to, I'm going to, might bring that up during fallout i th- i feel like uh where they have like the amazing like halo jump but then they go and they put like cgi storms in and things like that that's sort of like well you know it's real but they've gone and sort of enhanced it or done something else around it and stuff and so i wonder if there would have been a way to maybe make this look a little cleaner than you know because it is just uh when the cgi comes on screen it is it's always visible and noticeable oh yeah stuff,
1: oh so. especially with jake johnson or is it it's johnson right yeah I, I, he's, he's nick miller it's who he <laughs> is nick <laughs> that zombie Nick Miller, golly, that that takes the cake. Well, Mr. Hyde was pretty Nick Miller esque too.
2: <laughs> I I always got him confused with Krumholtz. So I was like, wow, he lost all that weight again? And then I was like, no, it's not that's not him. <laughs>
0: So Jenny, who's barely in this movie, like Annabelle Wallace barely in this movie, again, like for like the seemingly the fourth or fifth movie in a row, Tom Cruise saw her acting in something, this time Peaky Blinders, and was like, I want her to audition for this. And huh. so she got the part. It just seems like he's like handpicking, like, yes, I want you to be my love interest kind of were they set up, I I will absolutely take the blame on this if they set it up and I just missed it because I probably wasn't paying close enough attention to the beginning, (laughs) but were they set up as flings like a former love, like I know that they like slept together once, In like they talk about how they were together once at the beginning, right? But like Mm -hmm. were they set up to be like long-standing flings?
1: Because like at the
0: end when she's
2: like sobbing it's like, what? Yeah, they were a hookup.
1: Yeah, just bone buddies.
2: Even worse, like he hooked up with her to like steal her map, right? Like that was, wasn't that, she like woke up the next morning. She said, she's like, well, my map was gone. Like, not only were you gone, but you had taken my map. And he's like, I barely remember, lady, and all this stuff. So I, I actually kind of liked how they were setting Cruz up to be a dick and like a douchebag and like not a cool guy and everything. But by the end, he didn't reform. Like, I still kind of thought he was a dick and a douchebag and like not a cool guy.
0: That's what's kind of interesting. Thing about his character, I think, is that he plays morally ambiguous in this, where he's generally the good guy, or he's a Len Grossman character, where it's just like, oh, you're clearly just like a cartoonish asshole, right? Like him playing on the cusp is something he's not really done much recently, where uh-uh. he's Jack, like he's he's saving the world in one form or another, and for him to be like out for himself, trying to like shepherd away the military so he can get this hundred million dollar, hundred million sterling windfall, like he's he doesn't want bad things to happen but he's out for number one specifically which i think is something interesting that he has not done a lot and especially not recently
1: but then you get the whole tom Cruzification of the movie and then they reveal towards the end it's like oh no actually she set you up it was her mission to go sleep with you and set you up for the map so you're yeah. really an okay guy because now it's not really your fault
2: right and and see the movie does things like i want to say it like retcons him without any consequence like it's nothing that he does on screen that changes our minds it's all this later all these twists like you just said like oh by the way like you aren't a womanizing guy because like i wanted <laughs> you to steal my map and all this stuff and it's like wait well, what what like he was still gonna do it anyway he feels mostly like the dad from world of the worlds to me in this you know but at least that guy changed because he had to protect his kids or at least his daughter throughout that movie and i and i felt him come out the other end as like someone different right Um, so it's weird here that the movie's telling me like no he's a different person trust us and it's like (laughs) well i don't
1: know but then then he's right back literally right back where he started at the end of
2: it (laughs) like to the point where he's revived his partner in crime and they've they're going out on like more Presumably, like grave robbing adventures. I don't know what else he's equipped to do. But
1: I think he doesn't. He have like a godlike power now. So who knows?
0: I mean, it's the godlike power of death,
2: though. Like that's not you know (laughs) that he uses to raise Jake Johnston instead of like I don't know. Gandhi. I don't know. Like You could bring anybody <laughs> back. <laughs> I mean, he's his friend. You know, you
0: can't fault him for wanting to bring his family back, his friend and family. I do want to say, though, that on the topic of Halsey on the topic of Jenny, she's almost quite literally Diane Kruger from National Treasure.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Joey, well, this is his national treasure, like in the yeah. way that Da Vinci Code was Hanks' national yes. treasure.
1: But it's creepy because she looks a lot like uh, Rebecca Ferguson from the Mission Impossible movies, too. Yeah. Just with blonde yeah. hair.
2: She also looks like an amalgam of the two women we had in the two jack reacher films colby smolders and oh, i'm forgetting the first ones eluding me she was a bond girl yeah he has a thing for certain leading lady types i guess like not just people he finds in like shows he pike. Likes. rosamund pike that's it yeah but like all these like really tall sort of athletic and like no nonsense type of people. I have no problem with any of them. Like, I think they're great. I actually think he has like kind of a good casting eye, to be honest with you. Yeah?
3: Yeah.
2: Cruz also very briefly speaks Arabic
0: or something, which we always you know, make a note of that, which is kind of cool. At one point, Dr. Jekyll says the ladies will love us,
2: which I was like, okay. Uh, uh, no, correction. Mr. Hyde says that. Oh, Mr. Hyde says that and, the ladies will it, love us. And it's more like, the ladies will love us, right? <laughs> oh, <God. sighs> Boy. You and me, me and Eddie Hyde, going out on the town.
1: (laughs) Why couldn't we have had that movie? Why couldn't this just have been Tom Cruise fighting Mr. Hyde? I don't know,
0: because then you couldn't call it The Mummy. I guess you would just call it Dr. Jekyll and... I don't know.
1: They should have launched the franchise with that, because Tom Cruise going after Russell Crowe, And then at the end, he reforms and they create this little syndicate, and then you go after the money.
2: Yeah, it really sucks, I guess, because like Tom Cruise also would have made a good Van Helsing to wrap this all around, but they kind of screwed the pooch with the Van Helsing movie that already was like 15 years ago. So Um, bad. (laughs) With Hugh Jackman, yeah. I mean, that would have been a bigger, a a much better thing where it's like Van Helsing is out, he finds the mummy, he finds Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, he finds this person, he finds, and then, you know, it's like uh, alliances and wheelings and dealings and, yeah.
1: My gut just tells me that they went with Universal because Disney is notorious for just being cheap and not allowing you any creative freedom, and I feel like Universal just opened the doors gave him a blank checkbook and well they also the have team.
2: the rights to the monsters right yeah well, a lot of yeah. the monsters I mean they've done movies with the monsters before but a lot of these creatures are in public domain so like you could base that's how there's the invisible man movie came out last this year because anyone can kind of go out and make an invisible man well, I thought man that was movie. a universal movie that wasn't a universal movie oh was it actually a universal movie I didn't even know I thought it was a Blumhouse film I, I, I wasn't even aware of any of that there's also like an invisible woman movie in the works now from universal it's Blumhouse and universal okay
1: because you has had these monster movies since the 30s. Yeah. So they've got the theme park. So they've got the franchise. Like, I, I really feel like they're like, screw Disney. They're too cheap. They're too controlling. Let's go do it with these guys. And Universal is just woefully equipped for it. They got too big for their britches with Fast and Furious, which was never really meant to be this amazing franchise that's eventually going to go into space. They got lucky with one and decided to try to build more because Disney is the only game in town right now.
2: That goes to show, like, they, you know, the Fast and Furious movies were already started before they decided to turn it into a saga, right? And then it sort of fell into the saga formula really well at, like, part five, six, and so on. Uh, And that just also goes to show, like, you can't just, you know, start at the end. No. And this this movie is doing that, right? This was such a Justice League kind of move. And I think ultimately, like, that's the issue, is, like, they needed this to, like you know, walk around on its own for a little while, and then everybody, you know, comes along and they form the big team and stuff. So.
1: I wonder if that was the plan, though, and Tom Cruise had availability. So they like, shit, let's get him for the mummy, and then he really boned it all up for him.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I can tell you that in terms of casting Tom Cruise in this movie, it seems like everyone, even though he might have ruined the movie, according to what the internet suggests, basically every other actor in this movie, like, loved working with him. That like Jake Johnson, when he was offered the part, said he loved the idea and wanted to work with Tom Cruise... He wanted to do his own stunts as well. He signed on immediately, but then realized how dangerous the stunts that he was going to have to do were, <laughs> and he said he got scared he had cold feet. However, Cruz apparently allowed Jake Johnson access to his private facilities for a rigorous four-and-a-half-month training course, making him well-prepared for all the stunts he was required to do, which is like, dude, like you're you're doing stunts for, like, I, 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 I'm not trying to demean it, belittle it, whatever, but, like, he's trying to do stunts for, like, Eight minutes and then he gets killed, right? It's just like that's not a lot. To the, like, remember, we talked about in Mission Impossible 3 how much Carrie Russell trained for that, and she's on screen for like four minutes. It's like the dedication of these people who are <laughs> like when they're doing stunts, nobody's looking at like, no offense to Jay Johnson. I love you, right, I love right. you, Nick Miller. No one's looking
2: at anybody but Tom Cruise. You know, he looks like a, just like a guy in shape, but like not anything extraordinary. And then he's just sort of doing the Shia thing in Transformers where like things are exploding around him and he's screaming a lot, and he's like the guy in tow and it's like an escort mission kind of thing like get him to safety thing and yeah I didn't notice anything exceptional that he needed to really do to Get in shape for any of this stuff, but I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe, maybe just to psych himself
1: up. Yeah, I imagine it's just to keep himself alive. Because if Tom Cruise is doing his own stunts, you can't be the guy who's lesser established. Be like, no, 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 my stunt guy will do it. You know what I mean? Like it's probably a thing that yeah. as much as anything else.
0: And then the other behind the scenes uh casting actor complimenting Tom Cruise is that Sophia butella said licking his face was fun. Apparently, he told the makeup artist, "Make sure to clean my face. It's fake dirt and fake sweat, so make sure it's clean for Sophia." which is a weird quote. Weird. (laughs) But then she also said that he was like a mentor. He taught me, quote, he taught me a lot on set. His dedication, his acting is what taught me the most. He would tell me at length about lenses and anamorphic format, all that kind of technical stuff. I thought, oh my god, he knows all this shit, and I know nothing. He would just sit in the chair and watch.
2: Second movie, she's done like two, three movies of
0: like she shouldn't be so hard on herself. He was always hands on. He was always early to set. If I were the director, I'd love to work with people like him. Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, she's great in Kingsman. She's great in Atomic Blonde. She's good in this weird part here, like I want her in a lot more stuff.
2: Oh she's great in climax, which you talked about, right? So I think the design of her in this is actually really cool. Like you can't really do much with the mummy. You know what I'm saying? Like at least they got her out of full bandage, right? She doesn't look like a car crash victim in this one like the original mummy and everything. And she doesn't look like, I don't know, like she's rotting half the time either, which I don't like. Like the you know, she's got the tattoos like on her as like it seems like the curse or whatever is like written on her. She's got the two eyeballs in her eye or whatever. Like I think they do just enough to sort of like jazz it up, modernize it or whatever. And when she shimmies up that cable
0: at the end, like when she's chained up and then she like spins and she like shimmies up and whatever, like it's creepy oh, yeah. and weird and cool. I got yeah. no problem with her. It's just kind of everything else, sort of. I felt
1: I felt bad for her. In my mind, she got cast first. She was going to be a star. It's the mummy, after all. And then she gets, like, she's in the movie, what, 15 minutes? So then yeah, she's like, yeah. just get sidelined for Tom Cruise. I'm not sure if that's how it played out, but in my mind, that's how that played out. And
0: It's not not a bad guess. I have no idea. We, we will never know, maybe. Kate, do you have any other thoughts, any other notes before we uh, ask a couple very important questions and nominate us for some awards?
1: This movie I could either talk about for five hours or five minutes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like, <laughs> I really think this movie, had it cam- like came out in like 1998, it would be considered a classic. But because it's 2020 and we just it, we already have too many franchises and we're kind of used to Tom Cruise's shtick, I feel like it's one of his stinkers now. Which is too bad because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's a fine movie to watch if you're doing something else on your couch. So just put
2: it that <laughs> way. Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of too bad how this just feels like very run-of-the-mill, very average cookie cutter. Like, this feels like one of those Mad Libs things where it's like you're going to yeah. have – all these sequences, like, what's in between? Well, this time it's going to be a mummy. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. fine, let's just roll with it kind of thing. And that's a little disappointing. But, like, I like what you say, Kate. Like, I try to imagine this is the third mummy movie in the Brendan Fraser franchise, and this is the son of Brendan Fraser in the modern day dealing with all the shit, you know, come back, the sins of the father or whatever. Like, this would have <laughs> perfectly in 1998 as, like, the third mummy movie in, in that run. Yeah, as it stands now, you know, the climate was just clamoring. Like every studio, just I mean that's one of the bad things about the MCU is like the way that the other studios just sort of like you know drowned in its wake, trying to establish all this interconnected bullshit. And it's like, look, it works for Marvel, but for my taste, like they they really have to pull and push and stretch a lot of the times in some of those movies to like line shit up. And you know, it's not perfect there either. You know what I'm saying? Like even they're having trouble from time to time. Don't even try it. Don't even do that kind of shit anymore unless it comes organically and naturally i agree
1: i also think that tom cruise has just been on a really good streak in the past five years this was just a clunker compared to you know all the mission impossible movies and all the other stuff he's done that like he's a movie star in this and if he didn't make better movies that basically you know surround the mummy we probably would like this more as well
2: that's the whole thing yeah i think that's a great point because uh the next movie is like one of my favorite Tom Cruise movies ever. And the Is one it really? Oh, American Made? Wow. Love that movie. Okay. Yeah. And and before this we've gotten like great Mission Impossible stuff and other yeah. things too. And so if he didn't make those movies and this came out, I'd probably be like Championing this way more.
0: We keep saying over and over again that it's not. It's again, sort of like Fast and Furious. Like it's not a bad movie. It's just bad for a Tom Cruise movie, right? And yeah, this up. is low on my movies mm-hmm. list, and I mean this would go on his list of worst movies, which I think it would deserve. But we got rid of that category because there weren't enough bad movies, which is just it's exactly what you <laughs> want to hear as a uh, somebody who's committed to like watching all forty-two of his movies or whatever, right? So
1: I was about to say that's the thing about being a movie star. Like a movie star can cover all kinds of and we don't really have a lot of movie stars anymore that can just cuss by on that charm and charisma and just like selling that damn movie and i think that there's something to be said that maybe we can get back to movie stars you know i don't think that's going to happen anytime soon but a movie star can sell a bad movie and make it rewatchable
2: i think that's something that joey and i or i mean i don't want to speak for you joey but like i you know we we were sort of overwhelmed maybe at one point as to like how good Tom Cruise's filmography is. And I think part of it is what you're saying is that like, he just has whatever it takes to be a movie star. And there's very few and far between new ones coming up today. It's almost like part of this old guard, like the new old guard or something like that. And that shit goes a, a long way, you know, and whether it's offers that he's opportunities that he's given over other people or just things that personal preference and taste or whatever it is like that side of Tom Cruise, like is very, strong and enduring and like goes a long way when you have to sort of balance that with what you know about his personal life and stuff like that you know like i think joey and i have done a fairly good job of sort of separating the two as best we can
0: yeah mike do you have any other thoughts about this movie before we ask a couple of very important questions
2: you know as much as we talked about jake johnson i kind of feel like he's ultimately wasted here they they set him up Mm as like you know they set up the cool conceit like he's basically the best friend in american werewolf in london throughout this movie where like he pops up in tom cruise's head and warms him that you, you've been cursed like you gotta do something you turn into a monster like do something but then he kind of disappears and I don't know I just kind of wish he was a little more uh central but you know there's so much going on we had. I can tell you this much I guess I'd rather him disappear and us get crazy Bob Hoskins than, uh, <laughs> than not so I suppose it's a fair trade when it all said and done
1: you know what's funny talking about Jake Johnson it made me realize Cruz surrounded himself with co-stars in their early to mid 30s in this movie. So he always does
2: because he he basically he acts the age oh, that yeah. he wants, right? His team in Mission Impossible, it didn't even occur to me like Jeremy Renner and uh, Simon Pegg, like they're all like 10 12 years younger than him and stuff.
1: Isn't that wild? He's such a weird guy.
2: <laughs> That's calculating. That's fucking smart. I, uh, smart to the point where like I never picked up on that, but there's definitely something coming through on the performance where i was like oh you look so youthful and all that so yeah because he's surrounded by like teenagers of course <laughs> like...
1: i do do a thing with his movies where i always look up how old his leading lady is and they basically stay 33 for like the past 25 years
2: <laughs> uh, yeah mike any other thoughts about the mummy no i think uh, finally got a chance to get it all off my chest you know <laughs> <laughs> it's been weighing me down for six years. Now. No,
0: ever since this came out. <laughs> All <That's> right. <laughs> if Tom Hanks were cast in the role of Nick, whatever his last name is, not Nick Miller, Tom Cruise Nick, do you think that Tom Hanks could play this part? If not, what could he play? I mean, I think the obvious one is probably Dr. Jekyll.
1: Yeah, no brainer. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I do love- no, Mike?
2: I don't
1: mean to no, uh, take no, Russell Crowe no. away from you. It's just,
2: I love- Well, because Russell Crowe is just having so much fun. Like, you could just see it written on. Like, he's in a different movie. Like, he's in a world of his (laughs) own. I love Russell Crowe in this stage of his life. Like, I follow him on Twitter for no reason. Like, it's just all over Russell Crowe, (laughs) the nice guys. Like, in this movie's funny enough, Joey, he reminds me a little of the foodie films Kyle. Like, there's just, like, this thing about him. I could see Hanks as the crew, like maybe not doing the running from the explosions kind of stuff, but we've seen him damn brown it up before and go on a treasure hunt and True. that kind of thing. Like I, I think he could stay in step with most of this movie, to be honest, maybe you, when it came yeah, to the, not the, not the zero G not the, well, he did it in Apollo. I mean, yeah, that was also 25 years earlier. Recently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I think the one thing you'd have to skip is him jumping in the bus and tumbling on the seats, but you're right. He might not be able to survive the uh, vomiting. America comment again this time
0: around. In your answer there, you did answer a question. Does Tom Cruise run this movie? Yes, of course he runs. Now, Kate, we found someone on Twitter named Harperfect who said you could replace Tom Cruise's character name in any movie with the name Lightning McQueen and not a thing would change. Do you think if Lightning McQueen was hunting the mummy, would this movie work?
1: Oh yeah, 100%. Are you oh, kidding me? The swagger you. on Lightning McQueen. Done.
2: I feel like that's his monster name by the end, right? Like he's <laughs>
1: trained,
2: like, We're hunting the <laughs> Queen.
0: Yeah. I love it. <laughs> you know he's a little bit he's a little bit dangerous. He's a little bit electric. He's lightning.
2: McQueen.
0: Because Nick, whatever's <laughs> last name, that's not an exciting name. Lightning McQueen, that's an exciting name. Can't even remember this character's name. Yeah. So the Tom Cruise Awards, maybe we're calling them the Cruzies. I don't know. We don't have a better name necessarily. I've put some other people. Actually, Kate, you have an idea. So we have the awards that we do at the end of each. When we catch up to an actor's filmography, we then nominate the best and the worst and we put it out to the public to vote. We don't know what to call these. For Cage, we call it the Golden Peaches because he could eat a peach for hours. Kiana, we called it the Golden Hot Dogs because of this movie Flying, and also because of this movie Sweet November, and also mm-hmm. because hot dogs kept coming up. You know, for Zack Attack, for Zac Efron, we did the Zephy's. Like, we don't know. We're, we're struggling here with oh, what guys, to call what?
1: the Golden Couches. Why?
2: Because he jumped on the couch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that was like the big 2005 moment. I love this woman. And then when you jump the couch, it's like for a while, jumping the couch meant jumping the shark. Huh.
0: The golden couches, question mark? The cruisies?
1: Okay, Did okay. this movie
2: jump the couch? Probably. Almost. Right? It <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> almost
1: jumped the couch. It's a very rare Tom Cruise movie, that just like Rock of Ages jumped the couch. But this one- Oh like- yeah, that
2: hits its head on the ceiling fan. I love <laughs>
1: yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> this one like this almost jumps the couch but pulls itself back at the just to like graze it it didn't go full katie home i don't know
0: that i love that but it's by far the best non-cruisies thing that we have so far so i, I have it written down which is better step in the right direction than we've had right. it's, it's got a lot so than far. most
2: suggestions yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> best film no Best of the worst, most fun bad film. Do you want to put that there?
2: I think we might finally have another contender for that. As far as I am concerned, so we
0: have Cocktail, Endless Love,
2: Rock of Ages, and The Mummy. That's a pretty solid.
0: I mean, I'm going Endless Love. I'm going Endless Love. I'm telling you that right now.
2: Well, Endless Love's going to win, but he's only that's he's only in one shot. I don't know if other people are going to vote for that though. I don't know if people have seen Endless. I think
0: I think Cocktail will get the fan vote, but people don't understand
2: how out of control cocktail actually is because I feel like they haven't watched it seriously in a long time. Yeah. Like haven't like really watched that movie to like really see how fucked up that movie really is I love
1: that movie so much. I love that movie. Murphy's Law and then he fucking to himself. I love Flanagan. that movie. it's so good. And then the dad from 90210 was in it. You're like okay cool. I love you will not I'm gonna argue with you guys about cocktail being bad. I think it's so no, bad. We're, it's well
0: we're fans of it. I think just because because it falls off the rails at the end, and not in like a fun way. Like he gets very controlling at the end. It's just like ooh,
2: and like it's there's so suicide bad. out of nowhere, and like I an alcoholic. Oh man! But
1: Elizabeth Shue is there. Like it's I I love cocktails. I mean, we love yeah, an Elizabeth pregnant Shue pregnant
2: out of wedlock. Like what? She's our Sarah. What's amazing about these selections is that they're all different levels of like insanity. You know, like <laughs> one's this rock <laughs> opera that fell apart, and uh, like this is a major Hollywood blockbuster. Schlockfest, you know like monster creature feature and like so it's gonna be hard when it comes down to it because there's all this like subtlety now about like (laughs) why and what's bad about it that i love
0: best cruise role no Mm -mm. best crew supporting (laughs) role no most badass Mm -mm. role no most Mm -mm. daring
2: role to take no like
0: he's now settling into like movies roles that are like roles that are basically written for him which is kind of boring even in good movies it's like oh yeah no this is
2: this is a tom cruise character
1: but this goes off the rails so i don't think anything that's so messy can ever be that boring true that's fair
2: this feels almost to me like a like a catch-up movie for him where it's like hey, i never got a chance to do one of these like let me knock it off my like checklist you know and at this <laughs> point i'm pretty invulnerable like i can't you know whatever i do i'll bounce back with a mission impossible so
0: most wasted cruise performance we only have one there i'm gonna get rid of it so woody and losing it i'm sorry you win that but losing just, it. it it's a it's a career of being well utilized
1: because he's tom cruise in every movie
2: yeah best
1: fight no
2: right no he fights dr jekyll and mr no i'm just
1: kidding (laughs) (laughs) nothing can ever top fallout i'm sorry fallout you might as well retire that because fallout is the best it will ever be yeah
2: we haven't even watched it yet and i'm i'm like recocking my fists in front of myself like
1: right (laughs) oh dude Fallout. That's that's my favorite Tom Cruise movie.
2: Best
0: theme song, soundtrack, score? No. Nope. Best oh, vehicle no. chase, race? The ambulance no. is cool, but it's it's more funny than cool.
1: It's No Days of Thunder. Come no. on.
0: Best dance scene? No. Best cruise outfit, wardrobe? No. Best sunglasses? No.
2: Mm-mm. Best death? Yes. Really? <laughs> well, anytime he dies, he comes to life. So.
1: <laughs> I, I think his outfit at the end is kind of ridiculous. I don't think it's an automatic fail like it's so ridiculous it's kind of perfectly tom cruise
2: he's wearing like that wooden hand brace for some reason like
1: and he's full-on like 1930s this is the stereotype of how people dress in the desert i kind of dig it
2: i mean you want to put him uh, in his in his mummy wraps at the end of this movie no i do not
1: (laughs) i just I, i don't think it wins i just think it's not an automatic Fail. You sure. Know what okay. I mean, that's
2: fine.
0: Best line or best freak out? Is there anything he says here that we want to make note of? Any lines that Tom Cruise says? Russell Crowe
1: has all the lines. Russell yeah, Crowe has yeah. the best lines in this
2: movie. He had one line. I meant to write it down, but like the mummy has him by his throat. And I think it's the end. And she's like, You and I are going to like be together for eternity. And he has, so sort of like, he comes back and he's like, uh, I don't know if this is what he says, but he's just like, uh, I'm not feeling it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he says something like or like, You're not my type. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so and dumb.
0: I wrote down one quote as the in the outro. It's basically like the commissioner Gordon explained to his son like he's not the hero we deserve but he's the hero we oh, need man. right now or whatever right like
2: <laughs> he's not the mummy we deserve.
0: Where I think gave. it's I think it's Jenny says but he's a monster now. And Jekyll says, but he's still a man. It's like, okay. (laughs) Am I a man or am I a monster? Best sex scene? No. Most
2: athletic feet? I'm going to say tumbling through zero G. Okay. So my favorite looking sequence of the movie, definitely shot by the second unit stunt team because it just is so gorgeous and out of place. But when he's swimming in the tomb underwater Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they all start coming out of their crypt and stuff, that is gorgeous. And I'm watching it go. and like, this is just a, a, a week of the stunt team hanging out together, like pulling off some cool extra footage shit because, like, <laughs> that guy should have directed the whole movie. Do you think? And Tom Cruise was probably shooting with them, right? Oh, for sure. Because he's in those oh, stunts. Sure. So, yeah. But I mean, like, generally, like, a, not all the time, but for the most part, like, the director will be present, but, like, you know, the stunt director is doing right. a lot of that. You yeah. Know.
0: Best running scene? No. I mean, he runs, but there's nothing really spectacular here. Best or worst love story? No. Best ensemble cast, no, and then best non-Cruise actor, male or female, no. I mean, so hey, Cruise is good, but she's no. barely on screen. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Excuse me, Russell Crowe. Oh
2: God, Mr. damn Mr. you Mr. guys!
1: Mr.
2: You might have to just put him indulge, indulge right. that's him... and hide <laughs> in the mummy. See,
1: I, I love. I'm, I'm with you. No fucks to give Russell, who just like stopped starving himself and working out, and is just living his best life right now. Yeah. Like he's not throwing phones at anybody anymore. You know what I mean? Like, he yeah, he's pretty mellowed. Place.
2: Here's the reason Joey, I think the most to me, cause it comes through on the screen. It feels like he's like a kid who grew up always wanting to play like in a monster movie and stuff. And like, he never really has. I mean, virtuosity got kind of close. Like, <laughs> got like an AI monster in that or something. You know, it comes through in the performance for me where he's like, he's just having the best fucking time of his life on set and not everybody seems to be having like that much fun. So like, I yeah. just got to, you know, for the for the vibe and the and the tone and the cheer that he's bringing me, I gotta give it to
1: him. I think he thought that this phase of his career was over and now the fact that he potentially got another shot at a franchise where he didn't have to do the heavy lifting, good for
2: him! Probably got paid up the ass for like a multi-film deal that never, and you know, they never made those <laughs> movies and like he doesn't give a right? shit like he's still got paid
1: <laughs> yeah and now he's not married so he doesn't have to cough up any to his ex-wife it's a win-win
0: <laughs> so that's so we have four nominees for this movie that you guys seemingly love uh best of the yeah. worst most fun film best death most athletic
2: feats and best non-cruise actor now. <laughs> i'll just say it wasn't it, i was kind of dreading coming back to this because it, it was way worse in my mind that well i mean it's it's as bad i mean don't get me wrong but like i enjoyed it more i just you know where i'm coming from now watching it today and all that kind of going through cruises filmography and just yeah i i I enjoyed it for all the reasons we said tonight like i think don't think it's a good movie, but I had fun. I'm with
1: you. I think the mummy should just be happy to be nominated. It should not expect to win anything <laughs> in these categories.
0: Well, Kate, thank you so much for joining us, for making time for us before we uh, finished up the old cruise club. Um, if people want to find you online, where can they find you? Where do you want people to know and find you online?
1: Oh, please come follow me at Twitter. My Twitter handle is at HudsonKate. And even better if you want to talk about Con Air, my favorite movie of all time you can follow me. I write for Pajiba occasionally. I'm taking the week off right now, but by the time this airs, I'm pro- I'll probably be back on it. So check out Pajiba. I'll be there.
0: Yes, very cool. Yeah, this movie, this episode comes out the end of the month. So also today, that's a very good point. Mike, today as we put this out, Charlie Wilson's War comes out too on Hangs for the Memories. Hey. So we got a, a good movie there. And then next week we have... American Maid, which you said is one of your favorite Tom Cruise movies, which I really yeah. like, but I don't know if I would go that far. But we'll find out when we record it next time. Yep. And also on the Hanks Memories feed, we have the Great Buck Howard, which is I think a Tom Hanks directed vehicle starring his son Colin Hanks. Oh, so never saw that one. Very, very cool. Yeah, we only got two more. Um, two, we got two more Tom Cruise movies: American Maid and Fallout. Then we got some special episodes, bonus episodes after that. But we've got you know another twenty ish hanks things so lots more hanks to come feeling like saying 20 feels i mean it's i know it's a lot more but like it feels it feels like we're closer to the end than i was actually giving it credit for yeah
1: yeah it gets a little bad oh it's it's gotten bad yeah like he did not have a hit for a while (laughs) you're there it's uh (laughs) it's
0: a strange time to be but charlie wilson's war was a lot of fun so thank god for little blessings or whatever right so
1: Cruz really hasn't had something come out since fallout
0: no he was gonna have top gun in june or july this year that got pushed back right so it weirdly coincidentally wound up where we just were like oh okay cool like i don't because we accelerated the timeline of this with quarantine we're like we're going to record extra podcasts we're releasing weekly so we were going to end i think like a couple weeks after top gun came out so we would have done that but yeah everything changed
1: god there's something about tom cruise where you think he has a movie out every six months and I guess he hasn't for shit, almost no, three like, years.
0: And that's the weird, not the weird thing, but, you know, we're so used to Nicolas Cage that he's literally <laughs> released something every year. <laughs> <the> <laughs> <cage's> 1, record. <laughs> and like five, six, seven, eight, nine things. He has not one put out this He's not put one out this year. I'm assuming there's some VOD thing that's going to get dumped. But like, Mike, can you imagine <laughs> this year breaks the streak? Like nothing could conquer him except for coronavirus. <laughs> it's.
2: I mean, it, the only thing that could take out Cage would have to be something like that. There's nothing. Right. There's no no human could destroy <laughs> Cage. But yeah, for the most part, Kate. Like you know, it's been 40
0: years, like 40 movies. Like he's done a couple years where he's you know there's been a couple, but like he's kind of sticking to one a year. And there was a real long stretch when he was filming Eyes Wide Shut, where like nothing came out. Like it was like a three yeah. year jump or something between movies, or like an 18 month or two years, some a big stretch because he was literally shooting that movie for forever, seemingly so.
1: And getting divorced, too, right?
0: And getting, well, I think that was after <laughs> that, but yes, somewhere in that same range, for sure. It wasn't a great I back-to-back, i say. No. <laughs> But cinematically, that and Magnolia, mm, 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 But for all things Cruise Club and Hanks and the Memories and all 27 shows and all of the Hudson Five over on <laughs> High School Slumber Party, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, run at cageclub.me come back next week like i said for american made and for the great buck howard over on Hangs for the memories check out charlie wilson's war with special guest tobin addington today and just you know send us an email say hi and just keep listening i'm joey lewandowski and i'm mike manzi and that was kate hudson we'll see you next time right here on cruise club
3: uh. <sighs> <laughs> no. Mm. <laughs>